London, ah, London. Bridges, rivers, crowns, ancient pomp and ceremony for diamond jubilee queens. That's Queen Elizabeth there getting the diamond jubilee treatment. And in July, the world gathers in London for the Summer Olympic Games, and many of the world's people will recognize themselves in the faces of the 21st century Londoner, people from all over the world. London is a city of uneasy coexistence and restless immigrants who live in places the Queen maybe never sees. Anna, what are you doing here? This isn't your part of town. Good to see you. These are fools and madmen. Anna, cut it out. This is my father. Oh, pleased to meet you, sir. Welcome to England. I hope you enjoy your stay. Thank you. Oh, mm. I'll give you a ring. Let's get the hell out of here. The neighborhood of Brixton, they're on fire, in the movies at least, teeming with the faces of Africans and South Asians. That's a clip from the 1987 film, Sammy and Rosie Get Laid. It's all about the emerging London of cosmopolitan street culture, not high culture. And that scene from 1987 played out in violent reality in last year's London riots. Riots which portrayed once again the uneasiness that is contemporary London. In his book Capital, John Lanchester writes about life on one London street in 2007, just before the city and the world would fall into economic disarray. The book highlights London's brilliant, articulate diversity, people each with a distinct point of view on a world ruled by money. And as we look towards the Olympics, John Lanchester joins us now to talk about life in his London and the world he portrays in his novel Capital. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. What is this London that you're trying to get at here in Capital? One of the things that's really striking about London is that it's a, now a city where you see global themes being manifest. Um, yeah, it's more of a world city than ever before, which is strange in a way, given that it, you know not so long ago it was the capital of a global empire. Um, but you do see, um, I mean, just in a straightforward way, when a part of the world blows up, people from that part of the world turn up. So there's a couple of hundred thousand Somalis in London now. Um, since Somalia imploded. And you see that gl- themes that have kind of played out at the global stage are very present in London. That's partly because it's, um, it vies with New York for the title of being the c- global capital of finance. And as finance and economics are at the centre of the global story, you get those sort of themes and pressures coming to bear in London. How did that emerge into the city that you know very, very well? How did it begin in your life? Because as... You know, the London that is full of pomp and and circumstance is something that's very easy to see. But the other London, the real London, this London of of immigration and and global themes, comes informally. You turn a corner and and you see it. I think it, it, I mean, the the, the things are linked. I think that the runaway growth of finance, uh, which started um, with deregulate, they deregulated everything in one go in a thing called Big Bang. In 1986, and that led to what they call the Wimbledonization mm. of finance. In the, in you know, the the location is British, but the talent is international, and so you have a lot of of super affluent people from all over the world turning up in London, kind of starting from the mid 80s, and in parallel with that, the image of it, kind of globally projected an image of it as a very rich place, and that brings, uh, uh you know, people come, um, you know, like um, from all classes, candles, you know, moths to a candle flame. You know that you get a tremendous. Uh, wave of economic immigration coming because people um, see that better life that they would like. And also then there's, uh, as there's always been a historic strong tradition of tolerance and taking refugees in the UK, and as more parts of the world get in trouble, you have more and more asylum seekers. 
although there is not much of a tradition in London, at least from my experience, of a lot of people just sort of, uh, you know, sitting together in the hot tub talking from very, very diverse backgrounds, which it seems to me might be quite a challenge for a novelist to get characters that represent some of this diversity, some of this these these global themes that are so interesting, but to get them to live in a context where they're all talking together. Was that difficult? It took a bit of thinking about because um, a very striking thing about, uh, and I'm not sure whether this thing about London or about city life or UK life or about modernity, um, but it's one of those, I think, that people's lives barely brush against each other right. in, in geograph And that community, that word beloved of politicians, barely exists in a geographical sense. People do have communities through through work, through family, through other networks, but that thing of, you know, you're in a community with the people who happen to live in the house next door to you, well, I've lived, you know, lived where I lived for 16 years and I've never been in their house. And, you know, so <laughs> that thing of geographical proximity but actually being in separate spaces was a, a thing I uh, had to solve in the book by kind of creating an overarching plot, plot device. And it, it definitely works, but I, I'm wondering if the ultimate narrative here is that the way London is constructed now, and if you're going to see it here in the Olympics, that there's reaching some sort of point beyond which Londoners will have to deal with each other. They don't just brush up against each other. They actually do have a stake in the outcome and that part of this novel, like London, is driving people together to actually become stakeholders in in their communal lives. I think people do feel stakeholders in their lives, but that not necessarily to do with where they live. It's not necessarily geographical in that way. Um, Paul Theroux... uh, has a thing in one of his novels um uh he talks about um not getting to know your Lon- not getting to know your neighbors on the sound british principle that, that if you do you'll probably just find out you hate them anyway <laughs> and there's it's almost a form of good manners involved in i think in those sort of because we're so squished up against each other there's a kind of restraint and almost a kind of politesse in not wanting to know too much about each other i think it's partly a reaction to that thing of the of the crowdedness you know um that 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 privacy and the parallel privacy is about separate spaces for each of us. Did you mark the uh, the jubilee, the diamond jubilee? Did you I watch marked it? it by going to France? By going to France, good for you, <laughs> right? Right. Did you check out any of the coverage or any of the crowds or any of the? Uh, the no, ceremony? it gives me a rash. All that uh, you know, um, you're, you're not the only country that um, has Republicans. That's and, right. Uh, I'm not a Republican right. in the American sense, but uh, I've I've kind of had enough of that. I think it's very difficult to have a society which has a problem with class and have has a head of state who has the job just by, simply by virtue of birth. I think you can't acknowledge class as a problem in a society in the way that we do have and not think we need to change that system. Although I was, you know, and again, the royals to me are complete abstraction and, and they're an embarrassment to you, but they're just an abstraction to me. And I found myself looking out imagining what was the view like from Queen Elizabeth's crown, if you could put a camera on it, back in 1952 versus what she was seeing as she looked around her in 2012. And that difference, it seems to me, in part tells the story of this novel. Yes. Uh, I mean, there has been astonishing change. I mean, um, I've, I grew up in Hong Kong and, and first traveled through London in the 70s. And I remember thinking there was sort of something provincial about it and something very gray about it, you know, in a literally gray. Skies gray, buildings gray, people gray. 
um, food, particularly grey. Yes, particularly grey. Uh, and and all, Greenish yeah, in fact, they invented special new colours, yeah, kinds of grey, right. just for the food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's entirely not like that. Though. Nobody could think that. And uh, there has been this astonishing... You know, those changes that happen bit by bit are the ones that are almost hardest to see. But um, th- those two crowds from 60 years ago and today, uh, I'd say have... Um, uh, you know, uh, something resembling a revolutionary shift between the two. And y- you find in some of the building and the investment that's gone into London, as much as it represents some of the largesse and the financial uh, profligacy that is is unfortunate in London, it also creates these spaces where people mix like I've never seen before. Uh, there are vibrant, um, uh, mainly public, it has to be said, yes, spaces in London. Spaces. And um, things like the South Bank, which was a sort of embarrassing nowhere place um, 20 years ago, is now an astonishing thing. Uh, you know, um, uh, you, know in, in, you could even say it's gone too far because they have mimes now, yeah. uh, which is always a sign of excess. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it is very lively, vibrant, colourful, Everybody from everywhere is there. And it's also, even if, you know, it's not just for tourists. In ordinary London, it's a great place to take your kids on a weekend afternoon. And John Lanchester, it should be said that the food is no longer grey. No, the food is really, really good. Um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in restaurants and cooking. And, you know, it's a vice, and it's mainly a virtue, but it's slightly a vice. It's very like New York now in that the restaurants are very, very good at pleasing the customer. You know, they, they've got very customer such. <laughs> what an innovation, the, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But there's a slight downside to that. If you're interested in the kind of, innovation and different things and if you were uh, you know if we decided to throw up this whole broadcasting thing and go into business opening a restaurant London's a very difficult place to stop because you have to get it right immediately that is true uh, that is true or you're out of business that's right and, the word of mouth is not like it is uh, in New York that is for sure John Lanchester thanks so much and there are some very mouthwatering scenes in this book about the changing London called Capital, John. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Where are you going for the Olympics? Not France, maybe Somalia. Uh, no, France actually. Funny <laughs> All right. They, they couldn't get a t- visa for Somalia. <laughs>